Welcome to the No Fear Podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Well, hello again. This is Bob Fuller from First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas, with our No Fear podcast. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Lindsay Selly, who is our Associate for Mission and Mobilization at First Presbyterian Church. And that is a way to, to identify her as the person who is really on the front lines of making sure that we as a church are actively living out our call to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in the world. And so, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you're here. Thanks, Bob. I'm really excited to be able to join you on the podcast today. Well, it's great to have you. First of all, just so that the congregation and our listeners can get to know you a little bit, just tell us some things about yourself. Tell us about you know, where you're from, how long you've been at First Pres, things beyond mission and mobilization that you're interested in. For example, a lot of our congregation knows you through your incredible musical contributions and worship. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I am a San Antonio native, born and raised. I moved away a couple of years for graduate school. Um, I did my master's work in opera, which I thought would be my life calling, <laughs> but it turns <laughs> out God had some other plans for me. Um, I have a wonderful husband who is currently a flight instructor. His name is Bello, and he is from Estonia originally. Um and yeah, I just really enjoy being able to be close with my family here. Uh, I have an almost two-year-old niece and another niece or nephew on the way in November. Wow. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, we've got a, a pet dog. I don't know. I, I love to travel. I love to build relationships with people of different cultures. And um, I have a lot of an artistic streak. So in my spare time, I enjoy painting and gardening and you know, doing all of those things. Yeah, one of the greatest things about working with Lindsay is is whenever I come into or out of my office, I always have to walk past Lindsay's desk, and there is always some new piece of artwork or something creative, a new, a new something interesting to look uh, to see or look at in your workspace, and that is just always so much fun because <laughs> there's because yeah. there's, there's just a lot of of life bubbling up from that particular cubicle, that particular space, and and. And that's so much, uh, so much fun to experience that every day. Let's let's just begin by by just naming this time for what it is. We are in a, a, a kind of a sandwich crisis right now. Our our entire community, our culture, is sandwiched between the the dual crises right now of a global pandemic and uh, just the eruption of a public conversation about racism, about uh, about police brutality, about justice, about all of these things. Tell me about the relationships that you have built with our neighbors as our as our associate for missions and mobilization, the relationships you've built with our neighbors, with our partners, and what can the church learn? How can we as a church respond to 
to these crises that are taking place right now? Where's your heart in all of this? And how is that heart leading you in the work that you do? Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest words that has been on my heart lately has been relationship and unity. Mm. Um, and over the last couple of years in working with the homeless and working with our mission partners and really digging in to people that are different from me, um, I've just been able to see this bigger picture of, you know, God's really enormous creativity mm. and you're able to celebrate it more. And so I think it's just so important to start developing relationships and not just with people that look like yourself. They're not always comfortable at first. Um, I can tell you in working with the homeless at a few Bible studies, I have totally put my foot in my mouth on accident and it's mm. been really just uncomfortable and embarrassing at points. But I've been able to approach all of those things from this posture of a learner, not with somebody that's got all the answers or somebody that can fix somebody else. Um, so I think it's done a lot for helping me to understand other people. And it's done a lot for helping me to understand how much I need God's wisdom and his power and a heart of humility. Um, and I think going into it with that kind of a posture allows us to have this heart of authenticity and vulnerability with people that are different from us saying, I don't have the answer, but I love you anyway. Can I pray with you and walk with you? Um, and it takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of consistency, but I think all of those things pour into us as people and help us to see this more click, clear picture of, you know, God's work in us, God's work in the people around us, and a more clear picture of God's face, you know, and um, I think all it's done for me is helped me to understand that when I don't have the words to say it's okay, when I don't have, you know, immediate fixes to provide for somebody, it's okay, and mm. God is burdened, he's burdened with all that, he is bearing all of those things, so it's not just on my back alone. And yeah, I think my life is so much more rich because of these men and women who teach me lessons all the time. And that's what that's been one of the patterns I've seen in my life kind of since I was really young, which is why I just love where I'm at right now. Um, growing up, I was in Girl Scouts. And so my whole childhood was focused on service and mm. doing for others. And I remember one of my very favorite times um, growing up was this cultural fair that we did every year. And one year in particular, we did this one in Russia. And I was so obsessed with Russia for like my whole childhood <laughs> that I forced <laughs> my husband to go to Russia with me to do uh, mission work <laughs> on our honeymoon. Um, and so through that and through my life in studying opera and traveling and singing, I've been able to meet so many people from so many cultures and dig into what their lives look like instead of taking my own expectations and my own, you know, identity into the picture. I think I've been able to cultivate this more well-rounded life that celebrates differences and yeah. is able to draw me closer into understanding and celebrating people who are different. 
And so last week I was having a really difficult time putting into words what God was putting on my heart to respond to everything that's going on. And instead, I just took the opportunity to reach out to people that I knew were hurting, that mm. I call my brothers and sisters to just let them know I was praying for them and love them. And the response from that was just this overwhelming gratitude to know that somebody was standing with them. And so I just think it's that relationship that it's, it's vital. Oh, that is... Thank you for starting with the idea of relationship and and sharing how you kind of developed in in that story and and why relationships are so important to you. Um, let me just for the sake of of our uh, of our listeners ask you to just describe some of those some of the contexts in which those relationships are built. Um, our ministry at at First Presbyterian Church is not about programs. It's about partnerships, but these partnerships take place in certain environments and with certain programs. So could you tell us just a little bit, describe for us three, three programs right now, the, these three ministries that, that we, that we share right now with mission partners, the KRL, the Kingdom Restoration Collaboration, Loaves and Fishes, and then the Community Bible Study. And Talk about those for just a second, just by way of description, because I know there are people who listen to this podcast who are not covenant partners of our church, and there are even covenant partners of our church who who really don't fully understand or or know what's going on in those ministries. Can you just kind of just give us sort of the elevator descriptions of those things and points of contacts and things like that? Yeah, so Loaves and Fishes, I am just so excited about the way that it has just been revisioned and just become so much more rich. We have this incredible partnership with uh, the Faith-Based Institute, Pastor Terrell Jackson's church, where they have really helped us to learn what it is to minister to and build relationships with the homeless community outside of our walls. Um and it's just been this really incredible opportunity to learn, but also just build in new relationships with that ministry. I know they've become like another family mm-hmm. to me. Um, and so at Loaves and Fishes, we're able to minister to the homeless and they come in. We serve them food. We sit around tables and fellowship um, out in the courtyard when they're welcomed in. We have people that regularly kind of sign people in and check in and they remember those faces. And when we don't see somebody for a while, it actually just it feels sad, you know, um, because we are able to build those relationships. And in that place is where those starting relationships form and where people receive the gospel in a lot of ways. Um, and But it's really important to take more consistent steps to be able to holistically address their lives. Mm-hmm. So after Loaves and Fishes had been revisioned and um, we were starting to just really see this bigger scope of what ministry for that those neighbors could look like, um, We began a Bible study on Monday nights with Pastor Jackson, and um, it expanded. I think on any given Monday, we could have between like 30 to 60 plus people coming, and we serve a small meal, but we always say it is way more than the meal. It's about deepening relationships through this consistent weekly uh, opportunity to worship and connect. Um, And, you know, I've built 
some really profound friendships through that community. I think there's one couple that over this time of quarantine, I have missed so much that when I had to go downtown, I would kind of drive around searching for them to see them. Hmm. Um, I was eventually able to, through some friends that are still out there doing ministry, make sure that they were okay. Um, But it's that kind of relationship that a few years ago, I would have never imagined in my life. Um, But so through that, we started seeing that there are all these people that just keep expressing these needs. And it's so hard to just sit there constantly saying, you know, I love you, don't know how to help you and send them on their way. And, you know, my heart is always this burdened one for needing to fix situations and needing to like find the answers. And I didn't have any, and we were just prayerful about it. And through that, that relationship with the SA Hope Center was developing. um, And God really just laid out that path so ahead of time. It's incredible to look back and see that picture. Um, But through the KRL, we are now able to really address this other side of life where there are needs. There are needs to be connected to resources, to mental health, to, you know, medical care and, um, could you just describe the, the the KRL itself, just for people, like for sure. somebody who's never seen a picture of it, never heard us talk about it? What what is it? What like like describe the space and 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 location and that sort of thing? Sure. So the KRL, the Kingdom Restoration Lab, is on the uh, first floor. I call it a half floor, um, <laughs> right below the sanctuary, actually. And for years, it was used for children's ministry. I remember teaching children's choir in there back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. um, through my music ministry position. And um, over time, you know, the children's ministry had moved largely upstairs. And so this space was here um, that, you know, in the Depression was used as a free women and children's clinic. And so it was just this great space where our partners that we were already partnering with in the city are able to come and serve our homeless neighbors on a daily basis throughout the week. So currently we have a partnership with like SA Hope Center and they are, you know, licensed social workers who are meeting daily with and and consistently with our neighbors to help connect them with resources, to do things like financial classes and job training classes and follow up so that they're able to take those small accomplishable goals and Mm. turn them into a transformed life. Uh, Additionally, before quarantine, we were having weekly substance abuse classes that uh, Pastor Jackson was teaching. We had the availability for counseling um, before the quarantine time and through Any Woman Can, who is also down there, um, we're able to provide women's care through sonograms and through making sure that these women who don't typically have health care are treated and it's even been able to help some women make this tough decision to keep their baby. And Mm -hmm. those have been some incredible celebration stories coming out of any woman can, um, through that, they've also just really ramped up this incredible piece where they've got counseling for not only women, but couples and just 
all areas of life, really. And so it's through partnerships like that and collaboration that we're really able to address all of these different areas of a life to totally transform it first with the gospel, then with all of these other pieces. And um, it's it's just been this really cool, remarkable way that God has worked through our church and through our partnerships to, to help us really be able to see transformation that's possible and to participate in what God is doing for these lives. Lindsay, this this is a this is not a question that you prepped for, but just some of the things you said just just made me think about this. Um, what's the difference between mission as partnership and mission as paternalism? Um, you know, describe the describe the the mi- mission as partnership because I you you started getting into that, um, but I love you know, I love the idea that you know we came into the we came into the KRL, Loaves and Fishes and all, kind of with an open attitude of, we want to help, but we don't know what we're doing. How can you help us? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where I think that piece that I mentioned earlier about relationship, but with this posture of a learner comes in, you know, we've all been given different gifts. We've all, you know, had different stories, but the richness of those coming together is what makes us this unified group that is able to move forward as God's children, really enriching the lives that we're there to serve. And I always look at this picture of even Israel being this one people meant for the many, but it wasn't one person meant for the many, unless you're looking at Jesus. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's never been our expectation or the expectation of us that we are built to work by ourselves, making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I think it's really important to find those places where, you know, we aren't necessarily equipped or gifted in that area, but it's okay because that's how we empower the person next to us with mm-hmm. those gifts to serve and to really steward their lives faithfully. Yeah. Well, yeah. I might not, I might not have those skills. <laughs> I might have that, not have that knowledge, but I know somebody who does. Or, or mm-hmm. I know somebody who knows somebody else who does. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, to, to take a pivot here, um, yeah, these I, I mentioned at the outset about these two crises. Everyone is familiar with the COVID pandemic, and and is is now, you know, we were all um, just absorbed by and and in the midst of of a huge national conversation. And, and really, I think, awakening. Um, but there are a lot of our neighbors for whom just th- these things are just, th- these crises are just making their lives worse. They're making their lives, their, their problems even more acute, particularly COVID. What are the acute needs that, that we've been hearing about down in the KRL, that we've been hearing about through our mission partners, um, especially as as we had to had to go dark for a little while uh, in those ministries, and as we're now coming back, what what are you hearing as the needs on the street, and also what are you hearing as the word on the street uh, from our homeless neighbors about all about just the situation in which we find ourselves? Sure. 
Um, I think at this point, <laughs> we are still kind of learning what we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It's a place where we haven't been before. And I keep hearing this crisis after the crisis after the crisis. And so there's this long view of all of these effects that happen. It's kind of like this aftershock thing. Mm. Um, and so I think it's important to kind of understand what's going on, but it's also important to just keep your eyes open so that you continue to see what's coming. Um, but I know over the time, you know, I keep hearing how just even the quarantine and um, being isolated a little bit has triggered a lot of need to follow up with mental health. Um, There have been spades of foster families that are no longer able to foster due to one situation or another. So that need is rising, especially as we see that, you know, domestic abuse and child abuse and those things are rising as well because, you know, families have had to stay in homes together when normally there would be places that these people would be able to go out and get care. And I was on a call a couple of weeks ago where I heard that they had developed a system where um, they were seeing more calls from domestic and child abuse come in, which sounds like a terrible thing, but it's a good thing because that means those calls are being answered and care is being given. Um, But immediately when the quarantine happened, like those fell totally and they didn't really see anything. But providentially, before all of that, they had been working on a method for text and email reports, and they saw those start to rise. And so, you know, there are definitely needs working in that arena. Um, We see needs for like immigrant communities right around us. Um, There's needs for food and clothing, of course, uh, that will be coming. I don't know that you know, it's the hugest need right now, but it's coming. And so all of those things, we hear about, you know, financial difficulties that are happening, just people to walk along with other people in marriage and family support. Um, I think it's just this big picture of a whole life that we have to look at. Amen. Well, I'm going to take a chance to to move us in a slightly different direction. It's, it's, it's all related, but mm-hmm. this is the No Fear podcast. We've been exploring for the last uh, last 15 or so weeks, different occasions in the Bible where God tells us to have courage, where Jesus Christ tells us to have no fear or be not afraid. And I was wondering if there's a, a particular passage that has become a go-to passage consistently or an an important in-the-moment passage that just gives you courage and encouragement during this season? Absolutely. Um, So being that my background is not in ministry and I don't have any formal training, I uh, find myself in this place where, you know, I get in my head and I think I'm not equipped and I'm Mm. not measuring up. And so I'm scared to use gifts that I'm discovering or that I know I've had and just haven't done because it's uncomfortable. Um, And so my verse is from 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, just saying, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And um, 
when I read in places like first Peter four ten through 11, where we've each been given gifts to use for the glory of God, those things encourage me. But then I look at what are my gifts and how do I use them? Am I good enough to use them? Are people going to judge me? All of those things start to go in my head. And it may be because I've got this performance background where I'm constantly judging myself. Um, but knowing that <laughs> we're not doing it ourselves, that God is powerful and that he is faithful and he is with us. And that even more, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, um, giving us that power uh, we're able to go to this place of love and self-control instead of spiraling into this place of anxiety that's distracting us from what we've been called to do. Um, and with this heart of love and compassion, be able to really understand that God's power is working in us and around us. And I think that <laughs> has been really encouraging to me. Um, right when this quarantine started, I started thinking to myself, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I usually coordinate projects and, you know, introduce people <laughs> to mission partners. But I don't, I don't know what to do right now. Um, but then God put on my heart that, you know, our homeless neighbors aren't in Bible studies anymore. And it's really important that we get something to them. So, you know, I started inviting people to write devotionals weekly and I committed myself to writing those, even though I totally felt way out of my depth to be able to do that. But I found that, you know, Maybe there's a gift there that I've had that I didn't know I had. And God is really speaking into my heart through writing those every week. But mm -hmm. he's also allowing me to get out a message of hope and love and unity and kind of all of these things that speak to us and our neighbors at this time. So when we're able to go into situations not trying to take on that burden of, you know, I have to use my life. I have to steward it well, or, you know, something's going to happen. No, we've been given this free gift of grace. We're invited to participate and it's not on our own. It's through God's power. Lindsay, I've got one last question for you. What do people need to be hearing from the church right now? You've got these great relationships. You know, people who live around our church, you know, our neighborhood, you know, our neighbors, what are they needing to hear from the church right now, especially in this time when we feel so under the weight of a health crisis, an economic crisis, and a social crisis? I think it's just this place of, you know, we know people are hurting. We know um, that there's there's pain in this world. And though we can't necessarily solve it with our own might, we stand joined with you as a people of Christ and a people with just deep love and compassion that's been given to us through transformed hearts and standing with people and wanting to be in relationship and authentic relationship. Um, again, I think that is the message that we need to send. It's not our walls are up and, um, you know, if you fit a mold, you can come in. It's our walls are open and we're here for you. Mm. Just as Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Um, that's, that's who our identity needs to be is that reaching out and, and serving, but through relationship, not just, you know, 
giving things, but our hearts. Just my overall message, I would really hope is that first we would turn to prayer and first we would turn to building our relationship and our very vulnerable, torn down relationship with Christ um, so that our hearts are really able to be exposed. And in that, that we would find this way to reach out to our neighbors, to people who are different from us, uh, even through our global mission partners, and be able to learn so that we're able to understand the gifts that we have, develop them, both through kind of learning through books and the people around us, but even people who are all the way across oceans. And through that, being able to really unite in a way that maybe looks different than what we've thought about traditionally as the church. Well, Lindsay Selly, thank you so much for sharing your time with us this morning, and thank you for leading by example. Thank you for showing us what it means to love Jesus Christ, to love one another, and also to love our neighborhood and the nations so well. Thank you for being with us again for this No Fear podcast. Please join us for this and our other daily podcasts throughout the COVID-19 crisis at fpcsanantonio.org. Until next time, I'm Bob Fuller of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. Be not afraid. God is real. Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is with us. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a position for you on his team and a place for you at his table.